I was in like a terrible like Groundhog Day situation for like a decade almost, you know, where it was like, I just, I wanted to stop, but I thought I could stop, but then I couldn't stop. And I like, was like, oh, just one, you know, that freaking thing, it always just one. Welcome to the show that drops in on people's moments of clarity surrounding their choice to not drink. I'm Kate Madry, and I'm so happy you're here. Sobriety is like a thumbprint, and just like your skincare routine or your self-care routine, everyone's sober care routine is very different. By the end of each conversation, you'll leave with a little bit more insight to help guide you while building your sober care routine. This is a clear-headed podcast. Today's conversation with Trish Kane is unlike a conversation I've ever had, not only on this show, but in life. Trish had a near-death experience and actually flatlined for several minutes, making her clinically dead. I can't express how awestruck I was to talk to her, to gain some clarity, to see her perspective, and we really get into it and what her mission is going forward. I hope you can come to this episode with an open mind and willingness to listen, learn, and evolve. (laughs) What if you can take me back to the moment or moments that gave you clarity and made you realize that alcohol or substances was no longer serving you? What was that like? So I did have a lot of experiences where I tried to get sober Um, And I tried a lot of 12 step programs and I was never able to stay stopped. But on November 16, 2014, I had my last drink, my last drug. Um, And I remember pouring a glass of wine and going to a cigar bar. It was like 4.30 in the afternoon. I figured start early, go to happy hour, go home early you know, a lot of the lies that my brain tells myself, right? But I wound up drinking for like maybe 18 hours straight and um, I blacked out. And I actually woke up nine days later or 10 days later um, in the hospital. And I remember I had uh, something in my throat and they took the tube out. And the doctor said to me, do you know where you are? I said, hospital. <laughs> I figured okay. I was again in the psych ward or something, you know, because I'd been there before for drinking or using or whatnot um, excessively. And he said, do you know where? And I said, no, where? And he said, Jupiter Medical Center. I was in Florida. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and then he asked me again, I don't know if it was an hour later, a day later, Kate, do you know where you are? And I said, hospital. He said, do you know where? And I had to think about it. And I was like, Jupiter. And he gasped for air. He was like, they couldn't believe I was answering them. So they found me. I was 86 degrees Fahrenheit. I was 30 degrees Celsius. Um, I was dead. They revived me twice, the paramedics. My mom had a feeling something happened to me and had a wellness check done on me by like the police and the paramedics. And they basically, you know, resuscitated me twice and rushed me to the hospital. Um, And I laid in a coma on life support, uh, completely kept alive by machines. Many times they said to my mom and dad, I'm sorry, 
She's not going to make it. And if she does, she's definitely going to be brain dead. Um, and like, they were kind of like, you know, are we going to have to make a decision here? My poor mom and dad really, um, but anyways, so the doctor was shocked when I woke up and then I was talking to him and that's what he said. Can't believe you're here right now, let alone talking to me. He said, you have angels and I knew who they were. Um, I had some people that passed away in my life that would give me signs so I knew who my angels were and I knew I had a purpose <laughs> the first time. And honestly, Kate, after that, my brain still tried to get me to drink, even though I actually had two strokes from not breathing for so long and dying. Yeah. I had two strokes. I had to learn how to walk again, talk again, think again, go to the bathroom again on my own. I had to learn how to do everything again. I couldn't hold anything or feed myself. Um, I did physical therapy, occupational therapy. I was supposed to do speech therapy, but I was like, eh, I'm from New York. We'll skip that. <laughs> like, I got talking handled. It's fine. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're resilient. I mean, holy, holy moly. You are so resilient. That's Thank what you. I hear. I mean, I know that you mentioned, and it's a, a important thing to mention that like even after strokes you still your brain still told you to drink but it's almost like that was kind of persistent too just as persistent as you were at living drinking was like just that persistent about being in your your daily routine but you're here now and you overcome so much I mean I can't even imagine the insight that you have gained going through that experience what what were your following like weeks after like I mean I know the recovery time was probably immense um but once you had kind of your feet on the ground and you you kind of were a little bit more stable like what was your what was your life like then and what were your thoughts like yeah so I was still really sick you know, I've been drinking for like decades and it's progressive. You know, if, if you're the real deal like me, <laughs> it's progressive. <laughs> so I was super sick and um, I still was like trying to get out of myself in other ways in the following like months and weeks. Um, I had to go to the psych ward and no treatment centers would let me in because I was a liability, you know. My family even offered to like pay like Hazelton, Hanley, whoever, you know, they were like, sorry, she's a liability. She had two strokes. So I went to treatment after I got out of the psych ward. Um, There was a place that let me in. They, uh, they broke me down because I I had a huge ego. (laughs) I wanted to beat people up. I was mad. I was angry because like I lost my best friend, alcohol, you know, alcohol, drugs, all of it. Really what happened that night was I had a cocaine overdose. Yes, you could overdose on cocaine. <laughs> People think that can't happen, but my heart stopped that night from it. Um, yeah, and, and it, it was a journey after that. Like, uh, Kate, sometimes it was like three steps forward, four steps back, you know? Um, I was like sneaking in the guy's room. Um, I heard of one of the techs say at the treatment center that there was one person that's ever been able to get around the entire um, 
treatment center campus. And in my mind, I knew it was possible. <laughs> so I was like, hmm. so I'm barely out of a coma. I'm like sneaking into some guy's room. You know, he was sicker too. And um, I was just so sick. And I mean, I remember like having to learn how to open a refrigerator again. A microwave was out of the question because you know how they're above the stove mostly. Uh. Like yeah. I couldn't reach up there and I was 29 years old, mind you. So it was a humbling experience, but I would get all these signs from like the angels that I talked about before in ladybugs and in rainbows. And, you know, and I knew, I knew I had a purpose and I felt like, you know what? I have extra work to do, but I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. And, um, they beat me down at treatment, like literally broke me down because I had all these lies that I was hiding behind and I didn't know what was true and false because I was making up stuff for so long, Right. whether it was in the bar or just like to the drug dealer or just since I was a kid, really. So, I mean, it was a journey, sister. <laughs> it was a imagine. Journey. It sounds like it. It sounds like a intense uh, evolution. When you say they broke you down, is that in like a positive way? Is that in a negative way? Um, what do you yeah. mean by that? So in order to get me to surrender, like I didn't realize that a lot of the behaviors that I had and the, like the lying still, I didn't even know I was lying, was still like feeding into my addiction and my disease and was going to get me back out there. I didn't know that at the time. Um, so yes, they definitely broke me down in a positive way, but it didn't feel like that in the beginning. Yeah. Cause I was so used to running the show. Totally. So used to being in charge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so used to doing whatever I want, whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And all of a sudden I couldn't do that anymore. So yeah. I was like, kind of like, um, a bull in a china shop. Yeah. like get me out of here but like then there was like something else like stay you know like and it, what's cool is I feel like you know that song it's like a devil on my shoulder an angel whatever however that goes yeah. devil on my shoulder an angel in my head or the other way around probably yeah. right I felt like the addiction in my head started to just get a little bit quieter you know and like the like hope that I had started to get a little bit louder and yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. It time, you know, it takes, time. it takes a lot of time. I mean, you while going through a really intense thing very early on in life, like, you know, so long as this timeline of yours is on and on and on into your eighties, I think it will be, but Thank As <laughs> early on in like your your timeline of life that you experienced this pretty intense, not pretty, bluntly intense uh, experience, <laughs> like you you still had to like pause at some point and like let those levels level out, let that voice get quieter and or the other one get louder, and you keep mentioning like you had a purpose and I know that every person on this planet, my belief is that every person has a purpose. Um, I think you believe that too. Absolutely. But how did you go? Like, did you instantly know what that purpose was or did you 
have to pause and let it level out like the other voices uh, that you were experiencing in terms of addiction and recovery? So I instantly knew that my purpose was to help others. <laughs> Whatever way I could, as much as I could all the time, because um, I just kept saying to myself, like, you don't get to die and come back and not do anything about it. Like, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes my purpose for the day could just be holding the door for somebody, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's smiling at somebody or changing the vibe of the room. You know, it takes yeah. one person to walk into a room and change the entire entire vibe. Everyone can yeah. be in a shitty mood and a happy person, like just exuberating love walks into the room and it's game over on happiness. <laughs> Game over. Yes. I love that. I mean, it it is true. It it only takes one person. It it only takes one person. So when you, you, you instantly knew that, I think that's incredible. I mean, I, I think it's incredible. What did you choose to do with it? I mean, how did you navigate I know we just listed some smaller examples, but in the bigger scope of things, I mean, you've done so much, you're planning on doing a lot more. And I kind of want to dive into like how you're taking this and applying it to, to life. Yeah. So, um, basically it's ever evolving for me. It started off like, you know, just trying to like do some CrossFit competitions to show people if I can do it, you can do it to Spartan races. And actually, I was invited to Greece in 2019 to compete for the U.S. Um, I couldn't even walk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, and then because um, I did like the trifecta and I came in like the top whatever place and half marathons and um, just having fun with all everything. Um, I got like a master's degree in sobriety and I'm like, if I can do this, anyone can do it. You know, that's my motto. And uh, I've tried so many things, right? Worked at a treatment center for a year and a half. That was so exciting. So exhausting. Depended on the day. A lot of successful days, a lot of days where you're like, oh, I'm so tired. And um, right now I'm launching a a social media platform and a space called Healerverse. And um, 5D Healerverse, and it's a social platform and a space for the spiritual and holistic communities and for people to find different resources globally um, that can help them with their recovery, whether it be from drugs and alcohol, depression, just like bettering themselves, you know, and yes. also non-for-profits are on there, any types of organizations, and it's open for everyone Everyone is welcome. Everyone's invited. Love is the code. <laughs> I love that. I Thank love you. that. <laughs> <Hi>. Using the <laughs> You're so cute. Code. <laughs> it's so exciting. Yeah, so the landing page is up, 5dhealerverse.com. Oh the official God. site should launch December 11th, God willing. I'm going to give it a birth chart. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and like, we're going to launch with like um, events, workshops, and you can book appointments with healers. It's free. Healers um, can charge whatever they want to charge. And Healerverse just takes a little portion of that Very for a very small fee compared to running this whole thing. And um, I, I well, basically, 
Yeah. I mean, the healer portion is so important. I want to talk a little bit about theta healing because I think that's something mm-hmm. you're very well versed in, and I am not. <laughs> and chances are people who are listening, maybe they know, maybe they don't, but that was a resource for you in your recovery. Am I right or am I wrong? Did you find it after? Was it something that helped you transition? Give yeah. me the skinny on theta healing. So theta healing makes you unfuckable. <laughs> Unfuck with a bull, literally. It makes you um, like a master manifester. Basically, um, from that meditation, you're able to go up to creator and download new downloads into you and get rid of limiting beliefs um, and things that you don't even know are buried in there. You're able to really bring them to the surface. This is my experience, by the way. And how how does it it work? Like you go into meditation and this is... Theta healing is what exactly? (laughs) So you do a meditation that's either guided or you can teach yourself to do it. Happy to email it to anybody. I just actually wrote it out yesterday so I can send it to you. (laughs) Um, I'm also going to post some of them on on my YouTube channel or I can email you a meditation for you to do. And um, basically like you just ground in and you start with your heart center and then you go up. You picture a globe on top of your head with your um, silhouette in it, and you go up, 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 <laughs> to God, to Creator. Um, and basically, when you get there, you just see this um, overwhelming light coming at you, and your eyes start to flicker. That's what happens to me, anyways. And you know, you're there when you start breathing, like you're like, you're just so relaxed. And basically, you're just putting your brain into a theta state. Okay. And from there, miracles happen. Anything can happen. Um, you can manifest anything and, you know, soul contracts and get your fragments back from others and vice versa and download a million downloads into yourself. Like, just knowing, and like, it also gives you a con, it's given me a consciousness like throughout the day. And I just, um, when I do that in the morning or even at night, I have a whole different, like I'm floating, you know, yeah. I'm floating. Um, and you can, if you're a theta healer, you can help other people to heal too, mind, body, and soul. I think too, there's so many different healing modalities, right? It's like, how do you find what's even out there? There's yeah. no resources right now for that. So that's why I, I invented Healerverse. <laughs> So I don't even know all the healing modalities. And if you're a drug addict or an alcoholic like me, it says it in all the 12 step programs, right? Spirituality or else. It doesn't matter what it looks like, right? Right. It doesn't matter what my version of spirituality is compared to somebody else's. Like you could be agnostic or atheist and still love trees. And that's good enough, you know, potentially. Totally. It's not one size fits all, right? You you said it. I'm, I'm with you, sister. Totally. totally. Journey. <laughs> yes. So how did you find Theta Healing? So I'm part of this underground spiritual community of people globally. And one of the women in there is a Theta Healer. Um, she's actually in Miami. And she does classes on Zoom. And I just adore her. And, you know, when when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? There's certain people that call to me that I'm like, I need to get with them. 
you know, and I want to learn from them like mentors. And she's, she's one of them. And she taught me, I did basic and advanced theta healing. That was the most life-changing thing I've done as far as, um, like training for something. I'm also a Reiki two healer. Um, yeah, that that's powerful too. There's so much out there, so much out there to see. There is so much. I mean, and it is a good point that it's, I think with everything, look, you love making, um, you love making salads and you want a really good salad recipe. You Google good salad recipe and there's a trillion results. It's the same thing with healing. It's the same thing with shoes. It's the same thing with clothes, perfume, whatever. So how do you streamline it and, and build your own kind of way, your healing roadmap? And it sounds like that's what you want to do is give people the tools to build their healing roadmap. And when I'm, I'm just so curious because you have just a incredibly unique story in the sense that you like were without life for a certain amount of time and you came back. That's something that like to your point, not everybody gets to do. Um, <laughs> like that never really happens. I know. Um, it still blows my so, mind. Yeah. So, and I don't want I, I don't want you to you know share anything that you don't remember or know. But just the similarities between like peace that maybe you felt when you were not on this earth and then is that kind of the same piece that you now find when you're doing these certain kind of meditations or healing or I don't even know any other examples but if you have any that are comparable um I'm just so curious wow like that's pretty cool that you just asked me that I'm I'm an open book and happy to share anything right I've never thought of that I haven't ever really compared that um this is what I've learned. So this is what I learned from theta healing. I learned where I went <laughs> and I was not so, cause at first I was like, I don't even know where I was. You know what I mean? I was yeah. in a tunnel on a boat at the end of the tunnel. I had like, there was two angels there and they were trying to fix it. Like one was trying to like, it was, it was a little bit of chaos, a little bit of trying to fix it, like two angels. Right that I found out later are my guides, right? I figured that out from like studying, studying a lot of spirituality, a lot of, you know, other people's like books and stuff, like just so much reading, so much meditation. And basically like, so I was like, maybe like in the fourth dimension and then went up to the fifth dimension and then there they were celebrating Christmas. So this is what I learned. And, and I don't know if I felt anything there, honestly, I don't think I felt anything. Um, but I feel like I was there, but I wasn't there because, I mean, I was there, but I wasn't fully there yet Uh because I was trying to talk to them up there and they weren't hearing me. Right. Uh And they were celebrating Christmas. And I mean, this is like the most profound dream I've ever had in my life, by the way. Like when I woke up, like this, this was there's like a little bit more to it, but in the, in the essence of time, like, yeah. but this is the most real shit I've ever experienced, Kate. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that, that's the realest shit. <laughs> I don't even know how else to say it. But, um, I get it. I get it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
It's the that was the real day. shit. <laughs> and I saw my feet and then I went up there and, and they were blue, you know, and then I went up there to try to talk to them. They weren't listening to me. I came back down, I guess, because like when I woke, that was like I woke up. I, so I don't know if I woke up right after. I don't know, you know, but um, wow. I mean, that was like the realest thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. And I feel like because of theta healing, I know where I went. And from studying a lot of like spiritual stuff too, and this could be wrong, but like all I have is my own perception like everybody else. But basically my experience with that is going to be unique to me based on my life experiences, past life experiences, you know, like sure, who knows future life experiences. Like the way that I perceived going there isn't going to be the same as everybody else's. But for me, it was Christmas. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Was, yeah. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> Merry Christmas. You know, they were, like, celebrating and, like, it, oh it was, gosh. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just so fascinating. And also, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I should say I'm sorry you went through that or, like, thank God you did because it totally changed your life even though it was kind of like honestly seems like a traumatic experience but if you didn't feel that trauma when you were going through it like I don't know did you even know what was happening or were you just along for the ride I had no idea what was happening and honestly there was so much trauma before that I just like was in this like terrible like obviously you know like to bring myself to that I was in, like, a terrible, like, Groundhog Day situation for, like, a decade almost, you know, Um, where it was, like, I just, I wanted to stop, but I thought I could stop, but then I couldn't stop, and I, like, was, like, oh, just one, you know, that freaking thing, it always, just one, and it's, like, I've never had just one, but sure, we'll try it this time. Yeah, (laughs) I Yeah, Um, so, like. The trauma was for sure. Like I was, Kate, I was scared to go back to sleep after that. Like this, I didn't move back and forth. This side of my face was droopy. Like I was wrecked, you know? Um, I remember looking down and my boobs were like deflated. Like I was starving. I was never that hungry. And like they were feeding me ice chips. Like, and I did like feel really like kind of like done. Also, like I tried to hide my addiction for so long because I like I didn't want to hurt anybody. I really didn't. Um, I didn't really even really want to hurt myself. I hated myself. Um, it's so sad to think that I hated myself, you know. Yeah. And um, I like the gig was up. Everyone yeah. knew. I was like, Mom, does Grandma know? Of course she knows. You're in a coma. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> You know, the one person I didn't want to hurt especially, but. Yeah. But look at all you're doing with your life now. And look at how, I mean, it's just a completely different life. Literally. Literally. Sounds like it. (laughs) It It sounds like that version of you was maybe left at Christmas up there, you know, and you came down from it and you're just a totally different person from what it sounds and looks and feels like to me based off of this kind of short conversation but I can tell a difference and I'm sure you tell you know a difference every day in your life um yeah I'm so excited for this app I'm so excited for what you do I'm excited to now know you and be connected 
And I want to end this incredible conversation with a question for the listener who's ready to heal, who's ready to start a journey, um, and specifically with reevaluating their relationship with alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. What would be a great tool that you would say somebody should start with in their sober toolkit? in regards to healing? Pray to something. I remember before I died, like literally a couple of days before I was like, cause I had a pretty good job. I remember being like, cause I was always told pray, you know, I didn't know what the heck I was praying to. I still don't know. Now I have a lot of spirits and angels and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we won't go there. But um, just like, I remember looking up and saying, please help me not to drink today one of the days, you know, it was like a couple of days before because there had been so many times that I wanted to show up to things that I couldn't show up. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to start showing up to stuff. Yeah, I had to show up to something the next day and I just said, please help me. And it passed, you know, it passed. I mean, literally pray to something, pick up the phone, you know, just get out of yourself. This too shall pass. Yes. Uh, well, thank you so much. I have loved this conversation. Healerverse. I'll be downloading Uh-oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a website right now, but we'll be on Web3 soon. We're doing big things, sister. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm here for the big things. And the little, because it all matters, right? <laughs> Cheers with my water. Cheers with my tea. Woo-hoo. <laughs> How cool is that? We don't drink. Like that's amazing. That's amazing. That's a miracle. I know. Thank you for um, taking the time. I mean, wow, your story is incredible. And yeah, it's crazy. Like I find myself being like, holy fuck, I'm in a totally different life. Like I look around, I look at myself, I look at my choices and I just, it used to be so not this. And I can't even imagine how you feel like when you have those moments of like, oh, the life you've lived, the journey you've taken, like you're incredible. You're so resilient. It's like a very big honor to talk to you. And thanks so much for being so open and taking the time to speak with me. I appreciate it. I feel like that. I feel so grateful. And thank you for what you're doing to spread the message, to break the stigma, to really like, it's very important to me because I don't, I think a lot of people don't understand that what we have in our brains is different (laughs) and it's different when it comes into us than a regular person, regular, you know, we're different, but so I did try to delete the, the um, addict mind with theta uh-huh. healing and it didn't, it didn't work. That's the one thing I wasn't able to rewire. And I wonder if it's because, and actually I know, I wonder uh-huh. it's must serve me still. And it does serve me still. I think to so. still be an addict. Yeah. I still to help others. I, I, I really do believe like whatever shortcomings or things that we struggle with, like I really firmly believe that it's not always about our story. Like we are a collective story. And so my downfalls are going to help somebody else. Like my, 
whatever I can't shake is there for somebody else's story, you know? And so if you can't, (laughs) you know, shake something or change something, it's because it's not, you can't rewrite the story of time and life and this whole thing. So I just try to do better and be better for my own story with, with what I can. And you are doing that tenfold and girl, we're going to, Go change some lives. I Let's believe it. Do it. You literally just I, said something. I read Drop the Rock like maybe like five years ago, six years ago, six years ago, probably seven. What is that? And what you it's a it's a book on step six and seven. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, anyways, it's called Drop the Rock. And it's called it's basically talking about just drop the rock, just like, you know, let go. And yeah. basically what you said is the only thing I remember from that book. <laughs> Sometimes oh, really our coming are actually our assets because it's helping somebody else to see. <laughs> totally. Yes. Okay. I'll have to look that up. Drop the rock. Yeah, it's small. Drop it's like this big. Drop the rock. It's like, just let it go. <laughs> For more guidance on building your sober gear routine, head to clearheaded.co or follow us on Instagram at clearheaded.co. <laughs>